Good morning, it's Thursday, February 8th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories and with other important things going on in our community. Today, we explore a consequential legal decision from Cochise County Superior Court, where J. Herbert Anderson, an 82-year-old former youth minister, received a 15-year prison sentence for possessing images of child sexual abuse. Before we begin, some Arizona trivia. Did you know that Katherine Hicks is a retired actress who grew up in Arizona? She is best known for her role as Annie Camden on 7th Heaven. She earned an Emmy nomination for portraying Marilyn Monroe in Marilyn the Untold Story and appeared in films like Star Trek IV The Voyage Home and Child's Play. Hicks started her career after earning a master's from Cornell, quickly finding success in television and Broadway before moving to film. She announced her retirement from acting last year. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Benson Hospital. Benson Hospital now has three locations for primary care services. Let their compassionate providers care for your entire family. Your health starts here. Call to schedule an appointment today at 520-720-6551. Now our feature story. J. Herbert Anderson, an 82-year-old former youth minister, has been sentenced to 15 years in prison by Cochise County Superior Court. This sentence comes after Anderson's admission to possessing images depicting the sexual abuse of children, a crime that has reverberated through his community and his own family. Judge Jason Lindstrom, presiding over the case, faced calls for leniency due to Anderson's advanced age and his status as a long-standing community member. However, the gravity of Anderson's actions, including the molestation of two family members when they were young girls, underscored the decision for a substantial prison term. The law mandated that Anderson's sentence be served as flat time, meaning he must complete the entire 15 years. During the sentencing hearing, the impact of Anderson's crimes was palpable. His daughters spoke about the profound effect on their mother, Anderson's wife of 57 years, appealing for the shortest possible sentence. Yet, Judge Lindstrom questioned the appropriateness of leniency based solely on Anderson's age, highlighting a principle of justice not swayed by personal circumstances. The case against Anderson began with a family member's report to the Sierra Vista Police Department in July 2022, leading to the discovery of a disturbing collection of images and Anderson's subsequent admission of sexual abuse towards his granddaughters. This revelation not only shattered his image as a community figure, but also brought to light the hidden victims of his actions. The prosecution, led by Deputy County Attorney Teresha Driggs, pushed for the maximum sentence, arguing that Anderson's long-term engagement with child pornography and the direct harm he caused merited severe punishment. Despite Anderson's acknowledgement of his crimes and expressions of remorse, the court remained focused on the broader implications of his actions. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Hi, this is Didi Rodriguez, the Executive Director here at Prestige Assisted Living. Did you know heart disease is the number one cause of death among older adults? But here at Prestige Assisted Living in Sierra Vista, we take the health and wellness of our residents to heart. We are offering a free guide on heart health for older adults on our website. Visit prestigecanhelp.com to download your free guide today. Again, that is prestigecanhelp.com. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. It is time once again for Game of the Week, where we get to talk to Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, about all things Cochise County sports. It's playoff time, Bruce, and we're actually, literally, as we're recording this, we're waiting for the rankings to hopefully be released during our recording so we can tell people where the seedings are for these teams. Exactly. We know Buena Boys basketball is in the state tournament for sure. We just don't know where. We know Douglas girls basketball is in the state tournament for sure. We just don't know where. Tombstone girls are in for sure. We just don't know where. And uh, the Bisbee boys are going to be playing a game Friday night, Jeff, in Douglas because their gym's unusable. That's right. Cochise is not available. Douglas has agreed to be a host. So Bisbee will be hosting an opponent. Friday night at 7 p.m. in Douglas. You don't think Bruce is happy? That's Heck five yeah. blocks away from where I live, man. <laughs> I'll be home before anybody. That's great. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. But I want to begin today with talking about some baseball. We have a no-hitter already. Are you kidding me? It's about three minutes into the season? Well, basically, uh, four games into the season, Cochise College freshman baseball pitcher Rasmus Guerra was unhittable last Thursday, throwing Cochise County's first no-hitter as the Cochise College baseball team beat Utah State University Eastern at Bohol Field in Douglas by a score of 2 to nothing, He threw all seven innings of the first game, no runs, no hits, struck out four, walked one, and hit two. I interviewed him after the game. Jeff, that was the first ever no-hitter, and it came in his second start as a collegiate player. That's interesting. So he never had any in high school or middle school or anywhere. And he's from Veragos, Panama. And he's never had no hitter even down there. That was his first hitter, for first ever. And I laughed when I over. I said, "How do you feel? Very happy, but very tired." <laughs> I was I like I would be, you would be, especially in a two nothing game where it's really close and any swing of the bat could end up tying the game. He said his fastball was on that day. He felt good the entire game. And I said, "Were you aware of what you were doing?" He said, "Of course, because of the scoreboard." So pitchers do watch the scoreboard, obviously. So he's not at my first high school no hitter. Uh, but he's my first college no-hitter, and we believe that he's the first Arizona Community College Athletic Conference no-hitter. Coaches College officials are trying to find that out right now, but it came four games into the season, and we've already got a no-no. Do we have information on when the last no-hitter was thrown by a Coaches College pitcher? Jeff Faulkner and Angel Ortega are trying to get that for me because I asked it's him that recently, same question. Right? No, it, has, it hasn't been. It has been a while, but I would think. If anything, Marco Ozuna probably threw us up for Coach East a couple of years ago, but that's something they're digging into. We've had our hands full these past couple of days with everything going on. So uh, I was actually, I hate to say it publicly, but I missed the game because I was on deadline for the paper. So Angel texted me and said, hey, we just had a no-no. And, of course, I, of course you did. Because <laughs> yeah, so, I wasn't there. <laughs> so I jumped in my truck, and I drove out to Coach's College, and it had just started the second game. So we pulled the pitcher out of the dugout, and I interviewed him, took a few pictures, and talked with him about his performance. And then I was able to hang around and watch the second game. Cochise was down four to nothing in game two. And I'm thinking, I brought him bad luck. They came back and won at five to four in a walk off in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, my goodness. And our, our, our friend, Matthias Morant, who next season will be playing baseball for the U of A, 
had the game-winning walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth, breaking a 4-4 tie and giving the Apaches a 5-4 win. So an nice. exciting weekend. So Cochise Baseball took three of four from Utah State University. They're at home again this weekend that we'll be talking about here in just a second. But, yeah, to have our first no-hitter this early in the season, and high school baseball officially began practice on Monday. So high school softball did as well. But I was so stoked for this kid, man. We gave him a big story in the Sunday edition. He'll be in my newsletter that comes out on Thursday. And uh, congratulations, Rasmus. Uh, you know, I mean, there was something to be excited about that afternoon. And it was a chilly, cool afternoon. The wind was blowing. But he was flying high, and he was in command and pitched his way to a no-hitter. So, but speaking of the uh, Coaches College of Apaches, let's talk about basketball real fast. That was a fun weekend this past weekend. We had a, a combined 22-game winning streak on the line between the Eastern Arizona women, who had won 12 games in a row, and the Coaches College women, who had won 10 games in a row. And so Cochise goes, goes into Eastern on Friday, and they pull them off. They pull off the upset, or really, they, well, 62-57, yeah, because... At that time, Eastern was ranked 18th in the nation, and Cochise, I think, was ranked 25th. And so it was an upset, I guess, because they were ranked higher than them. Sure. So anyway, they, they pulled it off, and then they came back on Saturday and won again. So Eastern has three losses this year, all three to Cochise College. And they won the second game on Saturday by a score of 58-56. Wow, close games. The close games, very entertaining games. But the good news is they're done with Eastern now until regionals. But Eastern... You know, they split with Cochise, and then they got swept at home by Cochise. And so hats off to the Apaches. But I want to talk about this basketball player from, from Cameroon, Fortuna. She recorded a double-double this past weekend, and she pulled down 43 points and 25 rebounds in the two games. So I was doing some research on her to see how many consecutive double-doubles she's had. And this was her seventh consecutive double-double. Back on January 3rd, they played South Mountain. And she scored double-digit scoring and had nine rebounds. So she was one rebound shy of having another double-double. And you and I were talking prior to the show that she's currently averaging 16.7 points per game and 10.8 rebounds a game. So she's averaging double-double numbers. And believe it or not, these numbers are only making her second in the conference. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty wild. It's uh, The hat's off to her, man. She's, she's obviously going to go places next year. And she was a player of the year last year for the ACCAC. Could she go back to back? Well, it's possible the way I she's playing. So. The way she's playing right now, Cochise has a very big game this weekend coming up against Arizona Western, who they lost to twice at Arizona Western. And the way Fortuna's playing right now, plus being at home, it's, I see Western coming in. This this series is always entertaining because it's a rivalry between these two schools. They they don't really don't like each other per se, and at the same time. Um, when they, when they go on the court, anything can happen. But I was laughing because we were at the game. And uh, on Friday, I was talking to Jeff Faulkner. And he said, well, we got a little trouble with the men's game. And I was like, what? He said, they didn't get to Thatcher. And it was like, what happened? The van broke down on the way to Thatcher. Oh, no. So they were trying to postpone the game to, to another day. Eastern said, no, we'll start late. So Cochise found alternate transportation. So the men's game ended up starting about quarter to nine. Oh, my goodness. And uh, they played, and I guess it showed. Like an NBA West Coast start time. (laughs) Because Cochise lost the first game by a score of 83 to 76. And I think that that delay in travel may have impacted them. Still a very entertaining game, though, Jeff. Yeah, but how could it not affect you? You're planning, you're getting your mental game on, and then all of a sudden, you don't even know if you're actually going to end up playing in the game. 
Oh, my goodness, man. And vehicles, they break down at the most inopportune times. Yeah. Is that the truth? But they came back on Saturday and won in double overtime. 89-87. Wow. So Saturday's men's game, 89-87, and the women's game, 88-86. Two two-point games, two high-scoring games, two very close games. It could have gone either way for either team. But now the Cochise College women have won 12 in a row? 12 in a row. Okay. They're sitting third in the conference still behind Weston, who's the league leaders, and Pima, who's got one game up on them, believe it or not, even though Cochise beat Pima. And they're nationally ranked. They're nationally ranked at 22nd. Woo! So hats off to them. So, you know, if you get a chance to go to the weekend games, uh, game times Friday are 5.30 and 7.30 for the men, 5.30 for the women, 7.30 for the men. And Saturday they're going to play at 2 p.m. for the women, 4 p.m. for the men, no admission charge, very entertaining basketball. And so we be curious to see what they can do this weekend against Arizona Western. I know we'll be there one of those days, if not both of those days, checking these games out. And, of course, we'll have the complete story online at MyHeraldReview.com. So Cochise College is off to a rocking start with baseball and basketball picking up. And now Jerry has his team going. Eastern men was first in the conference going into the series. So, obviously, now for Jerry to go into Eastern and take one of two, when he should have possibly taken two of two, and he'll say that himself. But still, they're, they're in the right path right now. And uh, they've obviously overcome the sluggish start they had. So now it's just a push to the finish and see how hot they can stay. But I want to shift gears real fast, and let's talk about some wrestling. We currently have six female wrestlers that have qualified for state in two weeks. Very happy to report that Buenas Aisha General finished second in her respective weight class last weekend at the sectional tournament. So she's going to state. Douglas is sending three girls to state, believe it or not. Maria Corrales. Maria Elena Gonzalez and Tiffany Rodriguez, all three fin girls finished fourth at sectionals, but they qualified for state, so they're going. Last Saturday, Wilcox was supposed to go to Payson, so I'm on track wrestling trying to find the results, and nothing's showing up, and it's like, what the heck's going on? So I finally called Pat McCumber on Sunday, and I said, Pat, I'm not finding anything. He said, you're not going to. The tournament was postponed. Why? Because of bad weather. Well, they had the big snowstorm, so they wrestled Tuesday. So Wilcox had to go had to go back to to Payson, or they didn't go back. They didn't go in the first place, but they went up to Payson on Tuesday and they wrestled. And Wilcox is sending two girls to state. Uh, Carissa Riggs took second in her weight class, and Abby Tingle took third. So we have General Corrales, Gonzalez, Rodriguez, Riggs, and Tingle all going for girls wrestling to state at Veterans Memorial Coliseum next weekend, the 16th and 17th of February. Well, they'll be joining up with the boys whose sectional tournament is this weekend, and the top four in each weight class of that goes to state two next weekend. So this weekend for boys wrestling, we have Benson going, we have Bisbee, we have Buena, we have Douglas, we have Tombstone, we have St. David, we have Valley Union. So eight of my schools will be competing this Friday and Saturday. So, um, again, I've got a very busy Sunday lined up in addition to watching uh, – Something kind of a big game coming up. Oh, I, so, I think I might have heard about that. Oh, my goodness. Somewhere in the stadium of your favorite team. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end of the show. But I'm also excited to announce that uh, both the Buena boys and the Buena girls soccer teams, as well as the Douglas boys and Douglas girls soccer teams, have qualified for state. Unfortunately, all four teams are going on the road. The Buena boys are headed to Phoenix Sunrise Mountain Thursday for a soccer match, while the Buena girls are heading to a familiar opponent, Ironwood Ridge and Oro Valley. So both those games will be on Thursday. The Douglas boys are driving to Scottsdale to face Scottsdale Saguaro. And the Douglas girls, I felt so bad for them because on Monday, they were ranked 16th in the rankings. And that's the last seed that will host. 
Well, the team behind them, Estrella Foothills, still had a game that night, and uh, they played and they won. So Estrella jumped Douglas from 17 to 16. So now Douglas has to go to Goodyear to play Estrella Foothills. That's a long drive. The scary thing is about it, Jeff, Estrella Foothills is on a seven-game winning streak. And during that seven-game winning streak, they've outscored their opponents 50-1. to one. Whoa! Yes. They In put soccer? 8-0, 9-0, And I was looking at these scores, and so... They're going to need that goalkeeper oh, more than ever. Douglas is going to need a miracle, and I hate to say it, but that's... But I can't believe this team is... They're the region champions out of the uh, Salt Valley region. And so, they're re-ranked 16th, but they had a slow start. They had a slow start, and they got hot at the right time, and all of a sudden they're going to be on a roll now and outscore their opponents. So obviously they found whatever was broken, they fixed it to outscore their opponents 50-1. to Oh, my goodness. We had a big game in St. David Tuesday night. The girls won the sectional tournament last Saturday, or the Super Regional, I should say. The St. David girls basketball team won the Super Regional, and they were able to host the first-round playoff game as we knew they were going to on Monday night. And they dominated. They actually dominated. They led 39-7 at halftime and ended up winning the game 58-21. So now it's on to the Sweet 8 for Elfrida, who, believe it or not, Jeff, is going to be— Sweet 8 for St. David. For St. David. Yeah, you said Elfrida. Well, okay, I hate to say that because they are going to be joined by Elfrida. Yeah, how crazy is that? Elfrida, Elfrida knocked off Desert Christian the other night at Desert Christian, who they just lost to two weeks ago at D.C. And so Elfrida prevailed 36-32. So Elfrida's now in the Sweet 8. We'll have stories about both games in the Herald Review website Thursday, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, and then, of course, in the Friday edition of the Herald Review. I'm going to go home today and jam these copies out. Do we know when that game will be? Or this both games are going to be at 7 p.m. St. David is going to host Salome Friday at 7 p.m. And Valley Union's reward, they get to drive to, like, they get to, drive to Joseph City. Oh, man. And that's the number two team in the state yeah. behind, behind St. David. So I was talking to the coach this morning prior to the show, and I said, what's it going to take to beat Joe City? He said, good defense. Mm-hmm. You would think, I mean, you got to shut down this team. But I'm excited because I did not see Alfreda get into the second round, and they hats off to the girls. I mean, Bill Hahn and his team played the right game Monday night or Tuesday night, and they prevailed to win 36-32. to And uh, I think Desert Christian may have thought, after what we did to Alfreda earlier, we are going to have a little easy time this time, and obviously the Blue Devils made their corrected their mistakes, and off they went. So while that was going on, we had some other games wrapping up last night. Benson, Tombstone, and Wilcox all concluded a regular basketball season last night. In boys basketball, Benson prevailed over Tombstone 61 to 40, while Wilcox knocked off Santa Rita 77 to 39. Girls basketball, it was senior night at Tombstone last night, I might say. So the Tombstone girls beat Benson last night, 33-30, to while Wilcox stumped Santa Rita, 66-17, also on its senior night. Like I said, we know, we know the uh, more than likely the Benson boys will get in the state. Wilcox boys are on the bubble. Tombstone girls definitely in the state. Wilcox girls, I don't think, have enough points to make it. So we're looking at them plus Bisbee and then, of course, Buena and Douglas as far as their chances. Douglas boys have no shot at state. And their season ended last week. But I real faster, last week we were on the show and we were talking about Douglas's loss to Micah Mountain and the impacts it could have on the regional playoffs. And, of course, every focus turned to Tuesday, February 6th, where Micah was going to host Rio Rico on senior night at Micah. And if Micah Mountain were to win the game, they were region champions outright. 
So everybody in Douglas was pulling for Rio Rico, hoping that there would be a chance Douglas could have a three-way shot for the co-championship. That did not happen. Micah prevailed 55-50, to 50, earning a season sweep over Rio Rico. But it's funny because Micah's one region loss this year is to Douglas at Micah Mountain. And uh, But when I saw them play uh, in Douglas last week, they were a good team, and they actually had one of their players surpass the 1,000-point barrier wow. Tuesday night, too. So hats off to them. But, yeah, it's an exciting time right now, Jeff, because we're just waiting to see what's going to happen with the postseason. You know, we got wrestling sectionals this weekend. We got baseball on Thursday at Coaches, Thursday and Friday at Coaches College against this team from Colorado. And then, of course, we got the state playoffs, and we're just waiting to see who's going to go where. I'm not sure what the situation is with Buena. Um, the, way they're set, the way they're currently ranked right now, more likely they're going to be on the road. Uh, so it really looks like right now the only teams in Coaches County that will probably be host will be Bisbee at Douglas and then, of course, the Douglas girls, with the exception of the Open Tournament, then they'll go on the road. But right now they're currently ranked 10th in the state in 4A. And the way we were talking before the show, the way it's set up, and this was confirmed Tuesday night for me by our administration, that if you go into the Open Tournament and you lose, lose the first round, then you can go into your individual class tournament and can compete because that's going to start later on this week or next week, whereas the Open Tournament begins, I want to say, actually everything's next week because I think the Open Tournament's on Monday and the uh, 4A sectional tournament begins on, or the 4A state playing tournament begins on Thursday. I need to double-check the dates, and we'll do that here in just a minute. But anyway, if you lose that first round, then you can drop down to play in your tournament. If you win that first round, then you're committed to the open tournament. So even if you lose the next game, then you're done and you're out of your own. So it's kind of one of those things where do I go to the open and compete? Douglas is right now ranked 32nd in the open class, and that's the last spot to get in. And if the bracket were to hold true, they would play the number one overall team in the state at a 6A school. And so if I had my druthers, I think I'd stay in my own class tournament, have a better chance I could host a first-round game, I'll possibly host a second-round game if I get lucky enough because you're a top-10 seed and uh, and then see what happens from there. So, Well, let's pause for a second and check the rankings, which we just did. The schedules have been released for a couple of the categories, Bruce. Who is in and who is going where? Well, Buena and Douglas are still on hold, unfortunately, so I can't announce who they're going to play. The Buena boys will play their first game for sure, we know, on February 16th. And the Douglas girls, if they go to the Open Tournament, as we had discussed, they'll play February 13th in the first game. If they lose, then they can come back and play in their state tournament February 15th. But I'm happy to report that the two-way bracket has been announced. And Benson, Bisbee boys are in. And Wilcox and Tombstone girls are in. The Bisbee boys are going to host Glendale Prep Friday at 7 p.m. at Douglas High School in the state play-in game whereas Benson is going to head to Veritas Prep in Phoenix that same evening for a two-way state play-in game. But more, the even more exciting is I'm excited for Tombstone. They get to host a state basketball game on Thursday night, Jeff. How great is that? Rancho Solano Prep is going to come to Tombstone. They're the 18 seed. Tombstone's the 15. So Tombstone High School Gymnasium is going to be rocking Thursday night for a 7 p.m. state play-in showdown between these two teams. The winner advances to the top 16 state championship tournament, which will be the following week. And the Wilcox girls also made it into state. And uh, they're going in as the uh, the 22nd seed. 
and unfortunately, they're going to be playing number 11 seed Morency out of their own region. And Morency's already beaten this team twice. So, but still, at least they qualified. So I'm happy for Tombstone, Wilcox, Benson, and Bisbee. Four different schools that have a representative in the Boys and Girls State Tournament. Fantastic. So, yeah, fantastic for them. We best we wish them the best of luck. Stay tuned for all the details on MyHeraldReview.com. And as we get the 4A for Buena, for Douglas and the 5A for Buena, I'll just be posted on our website and Facebook page as soon as we get it, and then we'll go from there. But exciting time. This is kind of like the uh, the March Madness where you're waiting to see where are we going to go or who are we going to go. And, and literally, it just happened as we were doing this recording. And I'm, you, I mark my words. I bet you we're not, we're not off the air 15, 20 minutes. And, <laughs> we'll get the 4A, 5A. Yeah, and the 4A and 5A. So, again, I'll get those on the Internet as fast as we can. But, oh, man, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. But speaking of excited, too, I want to recognize my two athletes of the week that we've honored this past week. We got two uh, of them. We uh, Because now we're doing things a little differently in the Herald Review. We try to, every every issue, profile an athlete. So over the weekend, we profiled Abby and Ed Tingle, brother and sister wrestling combination from Wilcox. As we just announced earlier, Abby's going to state as a third-place seed. Ed is the defending state champion, defending sectional champion. So... Yeah, we profiled them. Hector Acuna did a story on them. And then uh, we also did a story about Grace Holman from Buena High School, a senior who's played her last game for the Colts last week. She wrapped up a stellar career. And my stringer, Allendale, sat down with her and did a remarkable story that's in the paper today and also online at myheraldreview.com. We have some more athletes that are lined up to be coming out and uh, a few that I still got to interview today as well. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to get these athletes a little bit more recognition, kind of recognize them for their, their efforts on the court because, I mean, they're putting it out there for us to enjoy. Every single week. Oh, my goodness. It's been a lot of fun. So I know I'm going to ask a stupid question here, but are you planning on watching the game on Sunday? Wait, there's a, there's a game on Sunday? Like this, I, this Sunday? Yeah, the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to be watching the Puppy Bowl again. Go Team Rough. Go Team Rough. No, I'll be watching that with great interest, but we have the Super Bowl going on with – San Francisco and Kansas City. And, Jeff, as you know, I'm a diehard Raider fan, and the game's in Las Vegas. And there's no way in heck I want Kansas City to win the Super Bowl on the Raiders' home field. There's no way in <laughs> heck. So I'm going for Mr. Irrelevant. Okay, going for Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. To go from Mr. Irrelevant, the Super Bowl champion, and I think they have enough to beat the Chiefs. But to have the Chiefs win the Super Bowl on the Raiders' home field, no thank you. I, I can't stomach it. And uh, if it happens, then I'll be even more upset because the Raiders should have slicked up the field or maybe Al Davis can water down his magics or something like that to make the field <laughs> slick for the Chiefs. It should be a very entertaining game, but I'm more excited this year because I heard the Clydesdales are coming back on the commercials. And I saw a preview the other day, and it looks really a neat, like a neat commercial. And they're a history with symbolic with football. They always have been. And uh, being a horse lover myself, I mean – you know, so I'm just looking for a, hopefully a great entertaining game, the halftime show, and I can do without. I'll probably go watch the Puppy Bowl during halftime. But these are two quality teams. Kansas City, man, they've been to the Super Bowl what four four of the last five years? Dynasty. And uh, Patrick Mahomes said not yet. He said if they win it, then you can call them that. I'm sorry, I, I think it is. I think it's Dynasty versus Destiny. Well, the last player taken in the NFL draft is now one of. What, 60 playing in the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's ever and, done it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's unheard of. And so it's kind of hard not to pull for Mr. Irrelevant. Plus, I like his style of play, and I like the receivers on his team. 
and the chemistry. So, like I said, they're not Kansas City. And that's another reason that who do you cheer for? Anybody's not in the Raiders division. And so we'll see what happens on Sunday. So and who, who do I cheer for? Anybody not in the Cardinals division. <laughs> so Well, they're both not in the Cardinals. What are you talking about? NFC West. Well, okay. That's true. I forgot about the 49ers. I keep thinking of a different division, but you're right. So you're going to go for the Chiefs then. I don't oh, know dude. who I'm going for. I don't know who I'm going for. Well, we're going to have I'm going to have some company over. We're going to watch the game and and see what happens. But anyway, um Again, big games this weekend. We got Coaches College baseball. We got Coaches College basketball. We got Bisbee playing Glendale Prep Friday night at 7 p.m. in Douglas. So, folks, if you get a chance to go out, there will be admission charged to these games for the state playing tournament. So, be ready for that. So, with Tombstone hosting and Douglas hosting, you are going to have an admission fee. But these will be the high school admission fees, not the state admission fees. State admission fees will be charged in the next round. So, whatever the school charges to get access to the gym, that's what fans can expect to pay. I think the average adult price is $5, and the average student price is 2 It's going to double for state. But then, of course, you can co-watch Coaches College Baseball and Basketball for free and see some good entertainment there, too. So lots going on. And then, of course, on Sunday, I'm going to be getting on track wrestling and trying to figure out how all my teams did over the tournament. And then from there, we'll see what we can do. And that's what it's all about this time of year. You think it's almost like the end of a year. It sort of is. It's the end of a sports season, but the beginning of some brand new ones. Yes, sir. And we know you'll have it covered all for us. Bruce Wetton in the Herald Review Media in print online at myheraldreview.com and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As we just talked about, so many games happening in our neck of the woods. And if any are happening near you in your neck of the woods, please consider going to cheer on these young student athletes because it means the world to them to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldies station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And now we will send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace for Service A since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 92. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. Tonight at 7 p.m., head over to the Bisbee Grand Hotel and Bar for live music from Xander Rodriguez. He'll be bringing his soulful voice and guitar to entertain with country favorites and originals. Finally, today we're remembering the life of Charlie Stemple. Charlie was born in Douglas in 1959. He graduated from Douglas High School before beginning his lifetime career in law enforcement as an officer for the Douglas Police Department. He served, protected, and saved lives in the community as a patrol officer, detective, and sergeant. In 1988, Charlie transitioned to federal law enforcement with what was then the Immigration and Naturalization Service. Initially assigned to the Douglas Port of Entry, Charlie participated in multiple drug seizures, assisted in investigating human trafficking cases, and would later lead the Douglas and Naco ports as the area port director. 
After moving to Seattle in 2003, Charlie transitioned to a supervisory program manager role with the newly formed Customs and Border Protection Agency. He oversaw operations at nearly 70 ports of entry across the Pacific Northwest and worked counter-terrorism roles in London, Amsterdam, and Tokyo, culminating in a three-and-a-half-year assignment as an attaché to the U.S. ambassador in Nairobi. He created multiple law enforcement programs across East Africa. His proudest achievement was the establishment of the Regional Rural Border Patrol Training Academy, which, in collaboration with the U.S. Border Patrol, helped protect Kenya's land borders and combat illegal poaching of elephants and rhinos. Charlie retired from CBP in 2015 after nearly 35 years of service. He would work as a risk manager to the Catholic Diocese of Southern Arizona before retiring one last time in 2023. Charlie held a degree from Cochise College and a lifetime membership with the Fraternal Order of Police. He was a car enthusiast, loved listening to country western and mariachi music, took joy in the company of his French bulldogs, and above all else, loved being a father, grandfather, and husband. Charlie is survived by his wife, four children, two grandchildren, siblings, as well as a large extended family. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Charlie's life and service. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.